Welcome to the first episode of Games from the Blog, a podcast devoted to blockchain gaming by eGamers.io. My name is George Zagorakis, and today our first special guest is Vladimir Tomko from Blockchain Cuties Universe. Vladimir, it's great to have you with us today. Hey George, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Perfect, perfect to have you with the first episode of Games from the Blog. To begin with, tell us a bit about yourself. Who are you and what you're doing? Uh, I'm the co-founder and C- uh, CEO of Blockchain Cuties Universe. It's one of the first uh, crypto games on the market. We were released in uh, April 2018. And we've been developing our game and always improving since then. So basically, we are, I believe, one of the four or five oldest games alive. Uh, and uh, the game that we're doing, it's a crypto collectible with a lot of RPG elements and a strategy vibe to it. And we are uh, in a process of converting this game into a full-scale massive multiplayer online strategy game which uh, the update will be called Wars of Cutie Land. So uh, that's the game and uh, that's what we're doing. And before that, uh, I was also doing games actually for the last 16 years. I started out as an indie game developer, a modder for games like Sims. Uh, Then I did some uh, shards for games like uh, Neverwinter Nights. And since 2011, I'm working in game development as a business. So I did games to make money, uh, then helped other people to uh, create games that make more money. Uh, I worked as a game designer, as a game producer, as an external game producer, as a head of a gaming platform on Russian social network. And when crypto when CryptoKitties came out and the new market was born, I understood it quickly and decided that it's time to jump in and try to create something grand in this new uh, opportunistic market. Indeed, the CryptoKitties created a whole revolution in gaming by presenting the non-fungible tokens and uh, Blockchain Cuties is actually one of the oldest games around. And it's not only one of the oldest games, but it's one of the games that made it. Most of the games from that age, like 2018, uh, do not exist anymore, right? Yeah, that's true. Around 90-95% of the games just left the market, thanks to various reasons, uh, especially the crypto winter of late 2018. Yeah. Uh, it, it made a lot of people to quit. Yeah, mo- most, most games were like... A- clones of CryptoKitties, like cash grabs games, but on the other hand, you guys evolved this and you have a fully complete game now, which is constantly updated and all that stuff. So that's great. Uh, You should know that Blockchain Kitties is one of my favorite games. Um, Thank you, George. (laughs) Now, (laughs) for our audience, uh, what is Blockchain Kitties about? What, What can players can do? Well, uh, it's a collectible game where you need to build an army of pads and those pads are uh, non-fungible tokens and their genome 
decides which stats would each kitty have. So we have uh, eight species right now. We recently released rabbits. And each species has different bonuses. Some are good at attacking, some are good at defending, some are good at evasion, and so on. So basically, you create this squad of cuties by breeding or by buying them, uh, by trading, and try to go to different adventure locations where you fight uh, cuties of other players. Uh, whoever wins gets a chance of... Uh, finding some items on the location and we have I believe around 600 items in the game right now so you could create different builds you can create beautiful cuties uh, and basically uh, try to uh, manage your squad or your armies uh, the thing with our game is that it's like an RPG game but uh, you don't uh, control single character or like six characters like it was in Baldur's Gate type of games but you control as many as you can so some people have around 14,000 cuties on their account and they do a lot of account management in order to be effective by playing that game but that's because a big number yeah. yeah that's a very big number but because it's an open market game and uh, everything that players find or create you can breed cuties uh, you are also able to sell it to other players and some items are in high demand uh, like uh, no matter the situation like uh, consumables some items are in high demand because of their scarcity some items are like almost in no demand because there are many many items of such types but it's part of uh, every economy that is not yeah, yeah. a zero-sum game and because we wanted to create a wider funnel uh, during the entrance so more people could try out blockchain cuties without like paying uh, we allowed people to monetize their time basically by earning items uh, just by playing the game without paying uh, big amounts of money and because of the aforementioned uh, scalability thing where you have not only one character but uh, hundreds or even thousands of characters uh, these things they scale fast and it uh, affects the market basically okay um, would you describe the game as play to earn blockchain it is um, in uh, globally yes definitely but uh, because uh, uh, it's a market that doesn't clear itself uh, items they don't go away they don't get destroyed by uh, just going to adventures so people stockpile items and the amount of items that some of the biggest players have on hands right now is very very big and because of that people know that these items and also because of their utility they don't get uh, really high in price or high in demand meaning that it's very hard to sell those items so it's definitely play to earn uh, especially for players who are playing smart and invest some money uh, but it's not like play to earn on day one or on week one the game itself is pretty complex there are a lot of uh, things uh, in terms of knowledge that player uh, needs to obtain before playing effectively but uh, when he does that it is definitely 
uh, possible to earn uh, by playing blockchain QDs. And we have uh, we have players that uh, earn starting like from thousand euro per month uh, that play regularly, like really active players, and ending with people uh, earning more than uh, six six thousand dollars monthly. It's like our yeah, but it, it, it wasn't like uh, every month. Uh, we know about a player who uh, basically did uh, around three months of this revenue. It was during last summer. But uh, last summer was a big time of scale for us. We uh, created an event that allowed, not just allowed, that forced players to breed cuties extremely fast. And because of that, uh, many, many players received hundreds and thousands of cuties. And uh, this was like a stress test for our economy. It showed that without a very strong uh, burning mechanism inside the game, uh, the economy won't be able to handle millions of players. So there need to be a lot of game mechanics that somehow remove the items from the game uh, willingly. And uh, that was the point when we decided uh, that, not just decided, we see, we've seen that our economy isn't as good as it was planned from the very beginning. And we understood that before we move forward with our uh, MMO strategy update, we need to fix the economy. We need to be sure that uh, if more players come and people, like every active player would have like 10,000 of cuties or something, uh, that it won't uh, like destroy the economy at some point, that it would be manageable and uh, the more people play, the more demand uh, there uh, would be from uh, different type of items and different type of cuties. So we decided that we need to uh, rebalance the whole thing and our like uh, biggest problem was item market and we are in the final stage of reshaping it right now. Okay, so obviously when more players join and if if some players uh, acquire like thousands of items, they are going to flood the market with them. So if I play the game and I have like five items and I'm trying to sell something, the chances that I'm going to sell are probably very low. So that's why you guys needed to adjust the economy and... This is what you are doing with the Forge update, right? Yes, it was the first step uh, of several updates that we have in mind. Uh, so what Forge essentially allowed to do is it allowed players to uh, convert items into dust and use this dust uh, as a chance to make existing items stronger, to enchant it up to five times. And Perfect it allowed us to reduce some of the item cl clutter inside the game, but it didn't allow us to do it fast enough and um, it it didn't scale as at the same pace as people were getting items, especially those people who have thousands of cuties. So the next update of the Forge uh, that is planned is going to be uh, craftable items. Uh, so our whole idea is to make a new type of item economy that will be based on what players make. So right now uh, they go to adventures and they get items from there. 
but what we want to do is to create a lot of recipes that would require dust from uh, converting items into dust, that would require hundreds or tens of items of different value uh, as items, and uh, would require uh, special control items like recipe or like unique ingredients that uh, are acquired very difficultly and uh, then you would be able to combine it into something completely new like a new power curve for items and those items will be created by players themselves we won't be like selling them we won't be uh, putting them in stores uh, they will create this whole new economy on top of existing item economy and that new economy will be very hungry for existing items so those stockpiled uh, thousands of items uh, like leather bracelets i think people have more than uh, hundreds of thousands of them like yeah, totally yeah. they will be required to create something new and if that works correctly and from our uh, calculations it should we will see the situation that uh, a lot of items even ones that are uh, totally um, without value right now will receive this value because everything will be uh, required by the next level of item economy so and before we do that uh, that's basically the next big update that we plan to release somewhere in July uh, we needed to uh, improve the situation with uh, current locations so right now we have item drop we have consumable drop and there are some locations that are just like too good you go there for consumables but you also receive a lot of items while you do that and uh, this uh, devalues some of the items that drop in those locations so we decided that we need to uh, create utility and by utility uh, we meant uh, creating item level requirements so right now uh, there are no utility for lower type of items because uh, there are better ones uh, you can get access to them and you can put them on uh, every cutie you have even if it's level one so what this will create essentially is a market for mid-tier items because if your cutie is like level five or level six uh, they won't be able to wear the best drop in the game they will need to become level 10 or like level 12 which is soon going to be released to be able to put everything they have on them but uh, players of course they don't like it because uh, of our uh, user experience in terms of uh, item removing and item putting on cuties and we have like uh, uh, new UI for that in the works but right now it's just too many actions to do and when you have like hundreds of cuties it's just a lot a lot of management and people don't want to spend their time just uh, equipping or de-equipping uh, cuties but that's a necessity this kind of uh, update because it would uh, create value for items right now especially for newer players that come into the game yeah, it's essential. It's essential to keep the new players happy, because yes. after all, what you have to do is like bring more players in the game. Uh, now, I would like to talk about something else: the walls of Cutelands. This mm -hmm. update is uh, an update that we, at personally, I and I believe everyone who is playing blockchain cuties and not, 
have been waiting for a long time. This update is, is supposed to change the whole gameplay of the game and make it like a strategy one. Yes. Uh, what can you tell us about this? What's the evolution of blockchain duties? Where are you heading with this update? So, as you said, it's going to make a current game a strategy game, and it's not going to be a new game. It's going to be like a layer, new layer, that won't dismiss existing mechanics. So, there would be people who will continue playing blockchain cuties as it is. They will go to locations, they will farm a lot of items, and those items will be required by people who wage war against each other in terms of land. So, it will introduce a big... Uh, map cutie land is going to be 4,000 by 4,000 tiles so it's 16 million uh, tiles in total That's and, yeah and uh, um, factions that will be present in th this world will be represented by blockchains as of right now there are four uh, Tron, Neo, Ethereum and EOS and you will be able to pledge alliance to specific blockchain and fight for it by its side basically and the whole mechanic will look like that so uh, you will have uh, you will have a settlement and uh, initial settlements if you didn't buy uh, the uh, creator land near the blockchain uh, capital of your faction uh, then your capital city will be placed on an island it's basically a virtual space that is located uh, in the uh, upper left, upper uh, upper right, upper uh, lower left and lower right corners of the world and there could be like millions of these islands on each of the side and uh, you will have like a city builder inside which will allow you to create um, a functioning town which will produce army and resources so it city builder so this is like um sim city or something are you building like a civilization game uh it... i'm it's... trying to figure out in my mind how how this is going to be if you played uh games like forge of empires or alvanar or something like that yeah. uh the the city builder part is going to be very similar in that regard so you will have to build houses to produce population. Population will produce some kind of tools that are required to build production buildings. And production buildings will produce special goods that are required to progress down the tech tree and go through the ages. We shall all start at like Bronze Age with uh, sort of Greek Roman architecture ancient Roman, yes. then you will go to Middle Ages and so on and so on. And because our faction in factions in QD land are tied to uh, some sort of uh, epochs, for example, Neo is like Pan-Asian civilization that is uh, uh, based on around uh, like uh, 1000 before Christ's birth. Uh, so it's ancient China, ancient Korea, uh, this type of thing. EOS is more of a fantasy medieval type of civilization. Ethereum is like modern-day United States Europe, and Tron is more like futuristic 
Jedi type of uh, civilization. And because Cutie Land is basically a fantasy world, then knights will be able to destroy tanks and people with slings will be able to uh, fight uh, guys with uh, light swords. So, uh, but technologically, it will all, everybody will go through the ages, starting from Bronze Age, and uh, will be adding ages like once, uh, uh, once every several months. So, uh, in order to build your city uh, to operate effectively, you will need uh, cuties for that. For example, if you have like a lumber mill, uh, then uh, the lumber you mill that yeah you need to put cuties in there and for example like bears they are more resilient they are good working like uh, uh, in lumber mill or in query while if you have like a university where you produce some kind of knowledge points it would be uh, wiser to put foxes there and so on and uh, because the cities will consist of like uh, it will be like they will be multi-purposeful for example you're creating a, a, a town where you um, where you gather wood a lot of wood and majority of the population of that city will be bears because bears are effective at uh, cutting wood so uh, they would require you to uh, appoint a governor uh, to govern them and for example if you have a fox governor your bears won't be happy because uh, they want uh, their represent representatives they would uh, work like half of their uh, potential when a fox will be governing them but if you put so a bear you are mixing politics in there right <laughs> a, a little bit uh, it's not going yeah. to be very deep but uh, it will provide different bonuses so governors will be able to boost cities but in order to do that they will need to be present there uh, then um, there will be armies and as as long as you progress through uh, the tech tree you will be able to unlock different technologies which allow you to increase the army size or new unit combinations so uh, how it is thought that for example you want to create a footman and footman is a medieval technology for infantry so uh, you need to go to the me medieval age like early medieval age unlock the footman and then you have like different cuties you have say you have 1000 cuties and your current barracks that you've built in the city allows you to recruit only 60 footmen so you will have to uh, choose which 60 uh, cuties will become footmen they will be assigned to becoming footmen and when they do you will need to equip them with items you can use your existing items for example they are equipped in very high-end gear in current uh, blockchain cuties universe but uh, uh, it will be like cheaper to produce or buy specific footman gear. It's like a set of items, uh, for example, footman set. So uh, those sets will be produced uh, from existing items. You will have to uh, communicate with other players for market, buy something, sell something, or uh, you will be able to produce it from the resources, like from the lumber we've spoke earlier, for example. And when you create an army, you would need to be able to appoint a general cutie in order for this army to move uh, on the map. And when you have this army, 
for example, you have like footmen, you have uh, cavalry, you have archers, you have some people with siege. Uh, you will be able to uh, place them accordingly in your tactical view. For example, you would put footmen on your first line, you would put archers on the second line, knights also on the first line, and siege uh, craft on the last line. And strategy elements. Yeah, yeah, sort of strategy. And this, those strategy elements will be added as like the last iteration. At the very beginning, we will try to create combats uh, without tactics because tactics, uh, well, it, it requires a lot of programming and uh, uh, it will be there, but it will be like one of the last iterations. And the whole idea with Wars of Cutie Land is to be able to deliver it like step by step. So the next uh, uh, season that we are going to do will be the first uh, iterations. Uh, so islands will be present there, probably governors will have a role there, and uh, uh, our current combat system will get reworked. Uh, we've already uh, showed it on our podcast, so we will introduce uh, multi-cutie fights. Basically, it's going to be two lines, one on the left, one on the right, uh, a stack of cuties on both sides, and like they will fight one-on-one, -on -one, but uh, when one cuties, one cutie get defeated on the one side, another cutie from the stack on that side will take its place. So it will be like the first the first iteration of wars of cutie land and hopefully we'll be able to show you like uh how the map is moving how the buildings look like also in the summer so uh we also started out uh we, we wanted to do uh wars of cutie land on unity at the very beginning but uh so you're building on unity right no no not right now uh we did uh, a lot of tech research we did prototype and it worked great on mobile devices but right now we have more than 70 percent of people who are playing on desktop and like they don't want to move uh, the experience on desktop is like faster so uh we decided that we need an engine that works great on both mobile and on web. And right now we are uh, in the final steps of testing Cocos 2D engine. Uh, right now it's, uh, uh, okay. it's it seems very okay in terms of FPS that we get. Uh, so probably we're going to use Cocos. Well, we're Cocos like... has the, their own token. I think right. Y uh, yes, they do, they but uh, over blockchain recently. Yeah, yeah, they have this Cocos blockchain expedition, but uh, um, it's not about like they're talking right now. We didn't like dive deep uh, into their blockchain stuff. It's just about the engine that is uh, multi-platformal, so you can use it on native iOS, native Android apps. It works fine, fast, and a lot of. I, I believe even Puzzle Dragons was made on Cocos, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, it's it's a good engine and it works well in the web as well. And because we don't want to ditch our existing audience, uh, we want to make uh, their experience uh, pleasant in the first place. Okay, great. Uh, that all sounds fascinating. Like I'm really excited about what you guys are building. So I have a quick question for you. I have, let's say, 30 cuties, okay? I can't fight with the big guys who have, like, 1,000 cuties. Uh, 
are we going to be able to build alliances for example can people build a clan and join forces all together yes in words of cutie land uh, this is definitely going to be a part of the whole economical structure uh, and you'll be able to basically not just you'll be able the end funnel will look like that you will be joining a clan uh, just when you finish the tutorial so uh, if you're not in the clan before that uh, you'll be able to join some kind of a newbie clan at the very beginning but uh, in the end yes there's going to be uh, like I would say uh, three types of politics uh, and political relationships in Wars of Cutie Land. So, first one is going to be between factions. The thing is that uh, at the moment we have four factions, and you will you will always will have to be at war with at least one of the factions. Uh, no, no, you you will be uh, you will have to be at war with two of the factions. You could okay. be neutral with one of the faction, and you could have alliance with one of the faction. But for example, uh, let's say you're playing on Tron, and we are playing on Tron, and uh, we are uh, in different clans. So our clans could be allies or could be enemies inside one faction. So we could fight each other, but. If, for example, we, we meet in an omen's land, uh, a disputed territory where uh, Ethereum forces and Tron forces fight, uh, like, uh, and we are into uh, clans that are enemies, so when Ethereum forces will uh, enter the same location where we are, uh, basically, uh, we will be fighting against them and against each other. So, so we're uh, we talking about internal wars. Yes, there are going no, to be external yeah. wars that are defined by the kings of the factions and internal wars in terms of uh, uh, clans inside the faction. But uh, external wars or external politics will be able to overwrite uh, the uh, internal ones if need be. Well, that so, sounds great. I mean, Age of Empire is better and so wars is my thing, you know, and... This sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah hopefully we'll oh, be able oh. to deliver it uh, the way I've told you and uh, people will like it because uh, politics uh, is is very important part of user generated content because uh, what we what we want to do in like um, in an essence is to create a sandbox type of experience with this world where people can create the political content themselves. Uh, they can take land, build cities, uh, destroy something and if some major effects, uh, like not effects, events will occur on one or another like land plot, uh, it will be written to blockchain as a part of history. So for example, uh, you're waging war uh, like uh, against your friend on some sort of uh, land that land plot that belongs to Neo, and you have very big armies, and we have like a threshold uh, thresholder in a, uh, our event manager that understands that at this point your armies are like epically big, so we need to record this event, and uh, when the fight is over. Uh, there will be like uh, a string in blockchain that would state that George was fighting his friend, uh, George was waging war for Ethereum, his friend was waging war for Tron, 
like George I, uh, and he left uh, like this many troops uh, alive. But uh, we will also allow players to write the historical events on the land plots uh, to blockchain themselves, so pay the transaction fee. For example, if you have very small armies, but for you this event was of subjectual value, you'll be able to uh, record it in the history of this land plot. And like uh, if after 100 years some guy decides to build a city on this land plot, uh, this event uh, where you fight your friend will be a part of this land's history, so uh, you history. will be able to see it. Yes. Right. Exciting. That's that's great. That's great. Um, so I would like to change the topic of the discussion. You recently got approved in the Samsung uh, yeah. wallet, right? The Samsung Galaxy Store, which is basically a DAP uh, free browser and and all that stuff there. Um, have you seen any new players coming from there? Does it help you retain users? Uh, it doesn't help us to retain users because it's more of like a user acquisition channel. Uh, yes, we've seen some players uh, installing the game and trying it out, but uh, because uh, this whole event was created by Samsung when it doesn't have like the needed infrastructure in terms of uh, the ability to buy crypto inside their app. Actually, they just announced it yesterday that they've partnered with Gemini and will be able to uh, allow their users to buy crypto directly from Samsung phones, which is very good. But uh, during yeah, uh, during nice. during our launch, they didn't have this ability. So people who who wanted to uh, get into crypto uh, were left on their own so they were using like Samsung first-party wallet uh, it's free to create it but it doesn't have any crypto and uh, that's basically the reason um, the reason why um, not a lot of people were able to pay because um, yeah, I think they didn't have access they didn't have access, they didn't have the knowledge, so... Uh, yeah, the truth it, is it's very hard to acquire crypto nowadays. Like, uh, I've talked to a lot of my friends about crypto and they were all like, I'm googling all day how to buy crypto and most of them don't even make it. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, it's an and, issue for the gaming also, for the blockchain games. You can expect people to download Metamask and uh, read for a week how metamask works and how ethereum works in order to start playing a game that's true and the thing is that um, uh, there is another issue for that is that uh, uh, basically you can uh, if you're as big as samsung and you can deal with uh, different legal stuff then you can uh, obtain like a license and allow to do KYC on your end uh, to create this process streamlined and I believe Samsung yeah. will do that at, at some point but uh, that, that was uh, like a pioneer move for them they just probably wanted to see how it goes uh, what's the percentage of their audience that would uh, that would uh, like to to use the crypto and so on so 
and they did it uh, this event uh, without uh, the preparations in terms of um, Okay, they have this separate wallet called Samsung Blockchain Wallet, and uh, it has a store like uh, a regular DApp store, uh, the same that we've seen in in many DApps, in many uh, DApp like wallets. Uh, yes, yeah. sort of, sort of, but it's totally isolated from Samsung Galaxy Store. So you need to download this app. And uh, basically, if you're not in specific regions, you need to download an APK to be able to use that. So there is like small percentage of people who have that. But uh, when they decided to do this campaign, they didn't allow people to enter the DAP, the DAP section inside the Samsung Galaxy uh, store, which they could have because basically it's the same engine. If, for example, you enter the Samsung blockchain wallet store and then hit back button, you will be thrown into uh, the general Samsung Galaxy store. But there is no way to uh, be retained uh, if you didn't install the app. So uh, the technique how um, Samsung put the people inside the app is basically just through banners. So uh, you, you are able to find the app in the search bar. Uh, and you're able to click it during the promotional campaign, during the featuring. But there weren't like any uh, persistent uh, dApps section inside the store, which uh, is uh, um, is not helping the conversion rate of the users. Because, well, even if they decided, okay, I'm going to... To click this banner in the evening and for example in the evening they can't find this banner so they can't enter blockchain gaming section but yeah. i think uh judging by the fact that samsung partnered with gemini they are still considering this uh this whole blockchain uh thing dap thing as a as a potentially very perspective direction and they're going there and that is very great hopefully we'll see some actions from samsung in the future that would uh, drive us towards the mass adoption faster and faster well samsung has the power to do this that's definitely so, true yeah they have like billions of devices most of my smartphones were samsung so definitely they can reach out to millions if not billions of users so, uh, you guys have a multi-chain game, right? You are on NEO, you are on NELS, on Ethereum, on Tron. Uh, will blockchain cuties come to other blockchains also? And all these blockchains, did they help you integrate them? Did they provide any support? How hard is it to make a game like blockchain cuties on the blockchain today? Well, uh, we are on four blockchains right now. The fifth one is probably coming in the next two weeks. So, Any, any hint on this? Yes, I can say that their color is blue. <laughs> color is blue. Okay, yeah. okay. So, uh, I think we will make an announcement uh, very soon because we're uh, right now in the middle of uh, aligning our visions of how we approach that. And yes, we usually work with blockchains that are very dApp centric and that help us to develop, provide the uh, documentation. And as you know, we are usually 
uh, one of the pioneers so we jump in into the race where one not many other developers uh, are in yeah. the space or like none at all so uh it, it allows us to receive some benefits but it also brings some problems uh, that we need to solve so the benefits are that if you're the third game uh on the blockchain and they're just entering the dap space then the majority of the promotional materials uh, of the exposure will be covering you because you are like uh, an entry point a pilot yeah, product you, you will get a lot of promotion and exposure yes yes exactly yeah uh, and, and that's that's a good point very good point but for example if you are entering a space uh like or a blockchain that didn't release its mainnet for example there is a big risk that y you will do the pricing wrong for example uh, you thought that it's a more lucrative audience but uh, uh it turns out that there are a majority of people don't want to pay they're just mostly for idea and when you do those moves uh, basically it's not that like fast to revert them because you calculate everything calculate the economy and it's a, like a blind shot always uh, then there is the thing that uh, the blockchain itself uh, at some point might not be like interested in uh, developing the dap space after the initial launch maybe they're j just doing that because it's in their roadmap it's also a risk because we are more interested in a long-term relationships in blockchains that would support us and we would support them try to bring our audience to them and try to promote them as like pioneers in the industry so uh we have uh at the moment four cases uh like uh we released on ethereum where everybody uh were releasing their game at the uh, games at the time because only ethereum supported smart contracts so yeah. we didn't we didn't work with ethereum uh as like uh with partners in any way we just did a game used the yeah, existing yeah. documentation like everybody else then uh, in October 2018, uh, EOS uh, added the ability to release smart contracts on their mainnet, and uh, EOS Knights appeared, and several like Ponzi schemes games followed. And then I believe we were the third or a second game, but unfortunately we didn't get traction on EOS. So very few players uh, do play our game. Uh, there are there might be many reasons to that. Um, EOS has their own problems with the CPU and all that stuff, unfortunately. Yeah, but they, they do the, have the, a lot of problems. I totally agree, but there are games uh, that are popular with EOS, and usually those are like fungible token-based games, like yeah. uh, like for example, Prospectors. Uh, they have their coin, you mine it. Everything else is like server-based, but. Yeah, but they they don't have non-fungible tokens, right? Yeah, yeah. I think prospectors don't have. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, like uh, those types of games are very good with EOS audience. It means that maybe they understand these types of mechanics better than non-fungible ones, or they just don't like it. Then uh, I don't know how it is right now. Probably a lot better. But uh, during our launch on EOS, we made a mistake uh, with wallets, and uh, we hit the wall of uh, distribution. So the mistake with wallet was this. Uh, we estimated the time needed to implement a scatter at that time and the time needed to make the 
uh, functionality of EOS wallet of scatter in our own wallet and it was basically the same time but if we were using our own wallet we could allow people to use ethereum on their wallets uh, for EOS wallet creation because at that at that point in time it costed around five dollars to create an EOS account so uh, we decided that we would create like a linear curve and people would convert easier but we didn't put it into our mind that uh, majority of EOS audience uh, uh, in October 2018 was were Chinese people and in China uh, like in 2016 or 15 they had this uh, event where a lot of exchanges closed and people that were like uh, keeping funds on custodian exchange wallets lost uh, a lot of those funds so chinese people were very like wary about the solutions wallet solutions on the market and they didn't use those that they knew nothing about and we had like uh, for them some kind of shady wallet that they've never heard about and they didn't even try to use it so they thought probably that uh, it's some kind of shady stuff uh, it's not scatter so we lost this momentum uh, lost a lot of money in our initial eos launch campaign it took us month and a half to uh, i believe no a little bit less uh, less than a month to uh, attach scatter but uh, then we had hit another problem which was uh, the community uh, distribution. So in EOS, uh, there were like 21, I believe, block producer and uh, that were taking part in consensus and each block producer was uh, nurturing its own community. So it was pretty hard to do a global outreach on EOS. You need to work with different block producers and try to uh, ask to allow them to uh, yeah. promote your game in their communities and uh, it, it wasn't very fast but with Tron everything went super smooth we were the first game on Tron we did uh, receive a lot of love and a lot of uh, uh, promotion from Tron sources and Justin Sun himself and right now uh, more than 52% I believe 54 right now uh, uh, of our audience are Tron players so because really? Yeah, oh, that's good. it's cheaper. It's basically same as Ethereum, but it's a lot cheaper to play on Tron. And there are no such situations like right now. The transaction uh, on Ethereum, how much? Sixty cents or fifteen cents? Yeah, they're very very expensive right now. Ethereum games are unplayable, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, can I take my cuties from Ethereum to Tron, for example? Can I migrate them? Um, we have this functionality. Uh, it, it doesn't work with Tron. It works with uh, Ethereum and EOS, and we released it together with the launch of EOS. But at the time, we decided to not release it because if we would do that, uh, a majority of people, as we thought, would migrate their Ethereum queries to EOS, and we won't wouldn't be able to create like a sustainable but separate economy on EOS with like specific cuties, specific gene sets. And we decided to postpone the launch for two months. And as of uh, then, we didn't update this functionality. So basically, uh, with the current state of the game, I think it's uh, it requires some work. 
but I, I don't know whether we need to introduce it to the game even right now. So, because the thing is that if we would allow to do that, there would be some issues. For example, if you have like a QT number 55 on a hero, and this yeah. ID is important to you, uh, you won't receive the same ID on EOS. Uh, if we migrate yeah, your yeah. QT, we will take away this 55th QT, we will like destroy it, uh, and we will create a copy on uh, EOS or Tron, and it will be like QT 52,075, for example. So yeah, the IDs are already taken there. Yeah, exactly. And uh, if we do that, we basically need to take some kind of money for that migration. Uh, but uh, I don't know if players, uh, existing players, uh, will be uh, willing to pay that money to migrate. But uh, we can at some point speak with our community when majority of uh, more important stuff is going to be done and ask them like to vote whether they need this feature or not. Okay, I understand. So sp speaking about the community, Blockchain Kitties was always a community-driven game, right? And uh, gamers, they always, they always want that little extra. For example, if I play a game and the dev asks me, hey, what do you want in the game? I'll probably tell him that I want the game to be easier, to be able to farm a lot more, easier, and all that stuff. Is this a healthy approach to listen to the community and to what the community says to develop the game? What's your uh, experience? It, it, it's it's um, not that like simple. So we don't do exactly what community says us. We never did. We uh, uh, there are like situations where uh, we can do this way or this way, and both uh, outcomes are okay. And uh, in such situations, we always ask community like uh, what they want. But for example, uh, community members, uh, they are not into numbers as we are. They don't calculate, they don't have all the data that we have. So we make more weighted results. But some of the things are uh, still uh, very important to consult about. So uh, right now, for example, we are in the same situation you just described. So uh, we were almost ready to release an update. Technically, it was ready, but it wasn't uh, properly balanced. Uh, and community found out those things. And after, uh, after that like uh, event, basically, we did three or four iterations of uh, rebalancing uh, the numbers. And even right now, community thinks that uh, the current proposed balance is bad and there is just like no reason to do that. So they are against uh, the level requirements in majority and they don't like how we've put the rarity system in. So there are some issues to that, but right now it's the exactly same situation that you've described in the question. Basically... Yeah, yeah. Players want things to be easier, but that's not always the case, right? You need to make the game to balance it, to be adjustable. Yes, but in defense of our community, I can say that they are very keen on uh, like Excel numbers. They do uh, calculate stuff. They have their own like tables, so they are in the nose uh, of the balance. Uh, in some cases, even better than we are. And uh, not of all uh, people are uh, eager to uh, ask 
to make something easier. Some of the people, a lot of the people actually understand that uh, the most important thing is to make everything balanced and introduce new users because uh, if the game grows, the market grows and the existing players that have accumulated a lot of wealth will be able to benefit from that in the first place. So uh, they do understand that and they help a lot. But uh, with uh, because it's a blockchain game right now and they have like a lot of items, we don't want to create drastical changes without uh, consulting them because it would affect them and it would affect basically their decisions that they've made previously because they didn't know that uh, the circumstances would change and they've invested money and time before that and uh, because of that we don't want to like change everything very fast and how we see it we need to be sure that at least majority of people understand why we do this change and uh, they understand the consequences so uh, they they won't get screwed up by the things that we introduce but there there were some things that community uh especially at the very beginning didn't understand and didn't think uh, are going to be huge for example our uh forge update with uh, ability to dust items wasn't uh, welcomed very well i would say during the release but now yeah, it's obvious yeah yeah but now everybody seems to be happy yeah because they experienced the change they saw that the market is flooding with items that a change was needed and now they are okay with it mm -hmm. that's true and there is another very important thing that we understood so because um majority of players are not whales they are okay to uh, work with very small numbers so for example if we sell some items for like ten dollars or sixty dollars and similar items in the game that are not being sold but are dropped in locations are found in big numbers then players they usually even don't care that the uh, anchor price is like sixty dollars they sell it for five cents, two cents, uh, the less the better. And uh, this also creates um, a very specific, peculiar situation uh, that, for example, our uh, part of revenue model is to take commission from all the sales. And uh, we take 4% commission, but if it's like two cents or four cents in dollars, then basically we earn nothing yeah and yeah and the thing is that this whole super low price situation is good for new players but it's not very good for the whole economy because basically um trades happen but they're they're like selling very very cheap items and um, when you do that you don't like get uh you don't earn by playing the game well, you do, but if like you earn five dollars per month by selling uh, those uh, items, yeah, yeah hundred items for five cents, then it's not it's not good for you. But community and the market has the power to do that because it's an open market. If player wants to trade uh, on lower price and uh, he can do that, and uh, basically this is what happening and. Uh, that's why we're also trying to improve the item economy to create more demand, more utility and uh, create mechanics that eat existing items in big numbers um, 
to increase this price range. So people would be able to uh, get richer by playing blockchain cuties faster and the market would be more healthier like overall. Okay, so I have two questions left for you. The first one is about the Qt token. Are we going to see any utility with the world of Qt in last update? Yes, definitely. So um, basically it is going to be the blood of words of Qt land update. It's going to be used in uh, a lot of trade, in a lot of uh, building uh, creation, uh, in army management in politics uh, and we're going to introduce the tokenomics uh, near the, those uh, those situations where Qtcoin is going to be uh, receiving a lot more love. So right now it's just a means of payments for very specific items and before we introduce it in uh, uh, words of Qt land, uh, it's going to stay the same. Basically, we don't have uh, any plans to uh, change its functionality. We will add more uh, positions to be able to purchase for Qt coins. Right now, there aren't many. Will this, uh, the Qt coin, will be available across all chains? Because it's an Ethereum token, that's why I'm asking. Uh, it's a very, very uh, good question and it has a lots of ifs. So, you see, uh, if, uh, well, we, we plan to introduce it to other exchanges uh, later on. The, things, uh, the thing why we don't do that right now is because listing on exchanges, on big exchanges, isn't free. Uh, it's actually pretty expensive. And uh, in order for your token to be uh, viable for uh, traders and people who are not playing your game, you need to, to do a lot of stuff. You need to do a lot of marketing, do a lot of announcements, uh, have good public records, create new tech. Uh, so be very, very public about that. That's number one. You need to probably do some kind of... Uh, um, some kind of uh, market making at the very beginning uh, because uh, it needs some support and people who always watch different token pairs need to be able to spot it. And then uh, the thing is that there are different like uh, different price points uh, on exchanges. That's that's number one. There is an arbitrage opportunity, uh, but that's okay. But if we do Qt coin on different chains, basically we will have to list uh, that Qt coin several times on each of the exchange because those are physically different tokens, and okay, that, right. th that's very expensive. So uh, yeah, it is expensive. So probably how we will do that is only one uh, type of token will be tra tradable, probably Ethereum one. But in the game, we will allow people to convert those tokens to uh, NEO tokens, to Tron tokens, to EOS tokens, like uh, for free. And game okay. will be able to uh, work with different blockchain tokens. But if you want to trade them on exchange, those uh, would have to be Ethereum ones. Okay, well, in the end, everything will become uh, interoperable. Uh, so, yeah. Probably, yes, but it's a, it's a matter of years, I believe. 
Yeah, it, it is. It is. So, and speaking about years, uh, my last question, uh, which I always ask when I do interviews and apparently now in podcasts, uh, where do you see blockchain gaming in five years from now? I see blockchain gaming as a very big industry, something like mobile gaming in 2012. So majority of the games in five years will have uh, blockchain implemented into them. So proof of ownership and scarcity will be a common thing. And uh, many of the people will not like treat them as blockchain games. It will just become popular and uh, be part of the gaming industry. Same as with uh, internet uh, um, dating services. As you remember, like back in 2000s, yeah. they had this internet prefix. Right now, they just don't use it. Yes. It's just dating service and you use an app. But basically, it still happens through internet. So I think maybe not in five years, this blockchain uh, prefix, uh, but uh, in like seven, ten years, is definitely going to be gone. Uh, because in the regular gaming, um, we have end user license agreements and uh, we have uh, uh, paragraphs that state uh, that you don't own the things that you buy, you just rent it. And uh, this is something that you don't see in uh, real estate, you don't see in car business, you don't see in clothes. If you buy something, it's yours, you can burn it, you can tear it apart. Sure. Yeah, and but, this is something, yeah, not in games. And basically, it's just very natural to add that to games because you have it mostly everywhere except like uh, subscription model businesses like uh, Spotify when you subscribe to music library or like Netflix where you subscribe. But uh, if you buy something, like really, like if you play, I don't know, like Rise of Kingdoms and you buy some some kind of hero you pay for that exact hero it's not a subscription model i paid for this hero i want to be able to do whatever i want with that i want to be able to gift it to george for example or to put it in my uh table uh because it's mine yeah you paid for it exactly that, 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 that's a big issue with games nowadays i mean if you try to sell your hero, for example, to someone else, you might get banned. I've been playing MMORPGs like Lineage and World of Warcraft for the majority of my life, and uh, I've got nothing, nothing in return except good memories. Yeah, exactly. You just pay for emotions, and here you pay for... Yeah. Uh... And subscriptions. I was paying subscriptions all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I was playing... Uh... Need for Speed World, it's uh, like a racing MMO game, yeah. and I had more than, uh, it was our local currency that is not existent anymore, Latvian LATS, so around 600-650 euros I've invested into that game for a course of two years, and yeah. then they just like closed and all my cards, all my investments were gone. And that's it. Yeah, Im imagine having those cars and be able to sell them. Exactly. At, at the very least, I would be I would be able to have like uh, my own responsibility to sell them or not to sell them. Like uh, if I even wouldn't be able to sell them, I would still uh, had the chance, and I didn't. Yeah, they will belong to you. At least get your money back or something.
Great, Vladimir. Thank you a lot for this conversation. I really enjoyed it and I believe our audience also did. Thank you for having me, George. And thanks, eGamers, for hosting this event. Hopefully that uh, it's just the launch of the podcasting and you'll be doing it like once a week or two times a month. Well, life is busy, Vladimir, but we are used to it. Like anything else we do, hopefully this will get established. Thank you guys for listening to our very first podcast. If you haven't played yet Blockchain QDs, go check them out, try the game. The next update will change the whole landscape and see you in the next podcast.